0: Well, hello there.
1: It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Well, you know, things are stacking up. But, you know, today is kind of one of those soft days. There's a lot going on. Yeah. But there's a shoe, I think, that's getting ready to drop. And what that shoe is, who the hell knows? Yeah. Uh, A lot of people are offering
0: their opinions about what's going to happen with this Trump indictment. Uh, Some people think, I think we played the cut yesterday, Jonathan Turley uh, from George Washington University Law, he said uh, he doesn't think it's even going to get to court. He doesn't think he thinks the case is going to fall apart before it gets to trial. But Alan Dershowitz, you know, he's a he's a Harvard uh, professor of law. He's uh, been doing this for a long time. I think he, I heard him say he's like eighty-five years old. He's still writing books. He's still uh, practicing law. And uh, an amazing guy; his stamina is unbelievable. But uh, he's the go-to guy for a lot of networks about law. Dershowitz is a liberal, and he he will tell you right off the bat he's been a lifelong liberal. He's a Democrat. He never voted for Trump, but he defended Trump in the impeachment trial, and he won. And he won. So um, mm-hmm. he and he he'll, he'll tell you that yeah, he's a liberal and he's a Democrat, but he believes in the Constitution far more than political affiliation, which I think is, is really kind of interesting. But uh, they asked him, he was on Charlie Kirk's show on Real America's Voice, and uh, they were talking about, uh, well, what do you think So they happen with the case in uh,
2: in New York? Listen. As a side note, I don't know if you've been asked this, if you were personally called by President Trump to join his legal team, is that even something you'd entertain? Because you did that in the impeachment. I think and you it, could. I think you could get this case dismissed very quickly. Is that something you'd be open to? Well, I have a policy of only representing somebody once, and so I'm not okay. his lawyer, but I would certainly be happy to participate in the court of public opinion. I don't think I could get this case dismissed so easily. Uh, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that if you had the best lawyers in the history of the world, Abraham Lincoln and John Marshall, a New York City judge would dismiss this case because that New York City judge's life would be over everybody would point to him the way they pointed to me when I defended Trump. Oh, my God, there's the man who helped Trump get free. So I don't think it's going to be easy. I think he probably will be convicted by a New York jury uh, who voted for Bragg and voted for Get Trump. It will be reversed on appeal. It will never be affirmed all the way up to the Supreme Court. But uh, Bragg's going to be popular. He'll be reelected. And he'll probably win his case unless, unless there is a
0: change of venue. so That's right, unless there is a change of venue. And I think that is the key right there. I think there will be a change of venue because that gives everybody an out. I mean, if Bragg and the judge think, oh, my God, I mean, legally, this thing should be thrown out, but I can't do it because my peers will think uh, I'm caving to Trump. But a change of venue is kind of like an easy you know, get out of jail pass. You know what I'm saying? And that
1: lets the left going. oh, Trump got away with another one. See, so yeah.
0: everybody
1: wins, even if they don't.
0: <laughs> exactly right. Um, interesting in that uh, I do think that Congress is going to have a say. Uh, I heard someone asked, uh, where's the subpoenas from Congress? I mean, Bragg refused to come up and talk to you guys. Why didn't you subpoena him right away? And they said, just hang on. I heard somebody say, just hang on, just wait. There's something going on in Congress, and I think it's going to be a heavy hammer. That may play into this whole Trump case. You may find that uh, they subpoena Bragg, bring him up to New York, and, and put him on the hot seat, and essentially, because, you know, he used federal funds. And when you right. use federal funds, even if you use a a dollar of federal funds, you have to report to Congress. You have to explain yourself why you're doing what you're doing. And Bragg didn't do that. So if anybody committed a a, a crime here, a felony, it was, it was Bragg. And, um, this will be interesting. If they bring him up and put him on the hot seat, you got to wonder whether, whether, uh, that will change the whole direction of this, uh, Fiasco in New York. What do you think?
1: Well, yeah, I think it'll uh, it'll change it, but um, I I it's hard to say. I I don't like to predict because I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what's going on? I'm not a legal scholar, but uh, I well, you, I think Trump, but it, I do I do believe that Trump is going to get uh, like Dershowitz said. I think I think the the fix is in. He's not guilty, but they're going to make him guilty. It's going to be a hearsay, he said, she said type trial based on nothing, which is what happened before when he was impeached. Mm. You know, because they 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 want to slander him. You know, and, people, uh, people may say, "Bill, you can't."
0: They can't be so uh, narrow-minded in New York. I mean, are they, are they, they are. are they so one-sided? I point to Chicago, and uh, yesterday they oh, yeah. had they had this fathead Lori Lightfoot for mayor. Who was destroying the city, literally destroying the city? The murder rate was up, uh, crime rate uh, was through the roof. So they get rid of Laurie Lightfoot, and you think, "Oh, Chicago's coming to its senses." No, 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 no. And then they hire, then they elect this this other liberal who is even more liberal than Laurie Lightfoot. I I forgot his name. I haven't got it in front of me, but I do know that he is uh, anti police uh he's a racist you say, he, you know he's he's a black guy who hates white people and you you can say well how can you say that jim well i didn't i'm not saying it he facts said it facts he said it uh, like a yeah. day or two before the election he was he was uh, coming down hard on white people and you know it has to be a balance in our society balance is the name of the game you can have one side, no matter what their color, you know, being a racist against the other side. If it's wrong for whites to be racist against minorities and blacks, then it's wrong for uh, blacks to be racist against whites. It, there, you, can't, you, have to, you can't have it both ways. And that's the problem in our society. We, we have double standards all over the place. <clears throat> double standards all over the
1: place. You know, we were better off before all this stuff started taking place. I mean, w- was there discrimination against blacks? Oh, yeah, there was. Oh, yeah. Um, there's no denying that. But for the most part, we as a people had evolved. And we got to a point to where, for the most of us, we didn't see color, black and white. Right. You know, now, now if if you wanted to sit there and make it a racial issue, boy, was there a discussion to be had there. But we were going along just fine. Now, you know, you got what's going on in Chicago right now. Uh, Stacey Abrams, she's put her political dreams on hold because, uh, what is it, Howard University she's going to. Really? No, no, she's not going to be president. No, she's going to teach black issues and uh, black lives, what matters to them and, and what's they're facing. So, you know, are we... Have the Democrats created a divide, and then they're taking uh, taking you know some black leaders, and using them uh, as leaders to uh, to put this wedge mm-hmm. in society. You know, I think they're, they're I
0: think I, I think we're there. I think we have that wedge in our society, and I don't know that we ever get that they're wedge hammered in deeper. Yeah, Do you know, Bill. Uh, people say, "Well, you know." Can we be so narrow-minded? Aren't we a far more uh, awake society? I, I, I'm a kind of a student of history, I, I, American history. I love American history. Um, this is kind of like the Civil War. Can you imagine, hypothetically, this is just a hypothetical uh, thing here, you take Abraham Lincoln, you put him in uh, South Carolina during the Civil War and then try a case against him take Abraham Lincoln who is the president of the union and you try a case with the a South Carolina jury in 1863 do you think right. do you think no matter how good the case do you think Lincoln would win no matter how strong the case would Lincoln win the case in South Carolina no that's what's happening with Trump in New York it's exactly yeah, what's happening,
1: you know. We this is bigger than South Carolina,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. No, I am just using that as an as an example. You couldn't take Lincoln, who was uh, uh, an honest, strong, forthright American president, and put him in South Carolina during the Civil War and expect a fair trial. What they've done is they've taken Trump, who is an honest man and who's done so much good for our country. And, and has so many followers and supporters, you can't take him and put him in a liberal island like New York City and expect a fair shake. It's not going to happen, no matter what you may say. Oh, we believe in equal justice
1: bull. That's No, you nonsense. have the pot calling the kettle black here. And wh- what I mean by that is not a racial thing in in the terms of Trump. When I say the pot is calling the kettle black, well, you know, he's a womanizer. He did this. You know, you know he did, Stormy. You you know he did. Yeah, I know she said she didn't. I'm like going, really? Let's talk about your indiscretions. You know, and no. you don't know wh- whether he did or he didn't, and it's not even the case. Let's, let's say hypothetically. Let's say
0: hypothetically he did all things that— uh, Let's say he had sex with Stormy. Is that illegal? No, it is oh. not illegal. Did Stormy claim that she was raped? Nope. Was And and, I'm, and by the way, Trump has denied ever having had any kind of sexual relationship with Stormy Daniels. But I'm just saying that if there were an, a scintilla of truth to the accusations, it still wouldn't be a felony. They're going after him for document uh, fraud, essentially. They're saying that he fudged the books. And by the way, do you think that a guy who's worth $10 billion
1: even sees the books? Well, there's somebody, that, that was what I was going to say, there's somebody there to do it for him. But from what I understand, they're trying to do the document thing and turn this into a campaign election money fraud thing Well, campaign money wasn't used. The way that this thing was set up, they're claiming that they don't have documents that they have to have that he didn't have to provide because it had nothing to do. One had nothing to do with the other. Yeah. So they're making this up and trying to fabricate uh, and make a connection here. And all they have to do, if they don't have anybody that can connect those those dots because they don't connect, then they've just got to lay the case out with enough people going, Well, that's really what had happened. You you don't see it here, but that's what's happened. You don't see it at all. There's no paperwork for that. They say this was all above board, and they have paperwork to prove it was above board, but we know better. This
0: is a kangaroo court. It's a fixed court. It's a fixed deal. If he's forced to try the case in New York, he's going to lose. That's what Dershowitz is saying. He's going to lose. He could show absolute positive evidence of innocence. That it didn't happen. He could show it in full color right there in front of the judge and jury. But in that courtroom, in that location, amongst those people, Trump is going to lose because they are biased. Period. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's not going to get any better. So the, uh, the biggest hope, they have two hopes. Change of venue, which should be almost automatic. It should be almost be. automatic, but even that mean. But I do think the hammer from Congress. Now, and this is the other thing, Bill. We have to talk about. You know, the Republicans have got to circle the friggin' wagon and start firing a few. I don't mean this literally. I don't mean this literally. You got to watch out what you say sometimes. You know, you get carried away. the The Republicans got to circle the wagon wagons, and they got to start showing some cojones. You like that? That's a, I think, a Spanish word. They got to show little cojones. They got to do something. They can't just talk a good talk. They got to walk the walk. They got to start being a little, uh, a little rowdy themselves. So if the Democrats look at what the Democrats do, they they impeached him twice on nothing, trumped up charges. I hate to use that term. It sounds like we're playing games with words, but yeah, uh, but he, they impeached him twice with that Russia, Russia, Russia. They've gone after mm-hmm. these classified documents, and everybody will say, he had a handful of classified documents. You saw them on the floor. Biden's got 1,300 uh, documents all over the northeast, uh, northeastern United States in Chinatown and in Boston and uh, everywhere else, the Biden Pen Center or whatever that thing is called. And someone said to me, by the way, that Biden Penn Center has got uh, all these visit visiting delegates from all over the world visiting the pen all the Biden. time. Yeah, so wouldn't that be a great place to pass off documents you want them to see? You know, oh, you,
1: you, you leave- absolutely just happen to leave it laying over there. Yeah, and I'm not going to see you when you happen to be going through it and going. Let me get my phone here. President Trump has them locked up in a safe in
0: Mar-a-Lago. That is protected by the Secret Service of the United States, and they have a problem with that.
1: But oh, yet- no, no, no. You saw the picture that they put out there. You know, he had the box sitting on the floor, it no, no. like Indian style, and had them all laid out in order. That's not what the- <laughs> on the carpet. You know, that's what that- yeah. that's the picture, and yeah. that's what people believe. That's
0: right. They don't realize that this the, the uh, Secret Service actually, uh, the FBI rather, actually laid that out on the floor.
1: So they could have a a pajama party with records. Yeah. (laughs) Well, he did have a pajama party with records, court records, and sealed documents. Come on. You know, at some point in time, you know, how stupid do you think I am? Or is it, if you believe this kind of stuff, how stupid are you? Another thing is this if
0: they beat Trump and if they knock Trump out of the race. Who are they going to go after next? They're going to go after you and I, you and me. Mm-hmm. You know they're gonna they're gonna go after us because we believe what Trump believes, and they have no room for that in their world. You know why do you think in communist and socialist societies they have reeducation camps? re-education camps, meaning if you believe something different than the than the uh, philosophy of the government. They'll take you physically away to their camp where you are brainwashed. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly what hey, they don't do. Don't you think for one second, don't think for one second, the far left that we have in our government today wouldn't do the same thing to those nasty rabble rousers, the MAGA people. The MAGA you know,
1: people. They're doing it already. We've been we have been Led and manipulated and programmed via the media, uh, Hollywood. You know, look at the uh, look at the trials that were way back. What was it uh, against Hollywood and the Communist Party, the yeah. Inquisition that went on there? Yeah. And you know, these are the people that have the capacity to program our minds and our yeah. thoughts and our very being. Yeah. You know, they've been doing it for a long time, and they're going to continue to do it. Yeah, but they're just not going to be quite so subtle as we progress along.
0: Well, we are uh, at a turning point in our society. Uh, Jason Whitlock, he had some thoughts about the indictment, which were kind of interesting yesterday, when he was on a previous uh, uh, Tucker Carlson show. He was on last night. And Whitlock, he's a smart guy. And right. uh he said the quiet part out loud on Tucker's program. Listen to what he said.
3: He calling Trump the most righteous person in the world, but anybody looking at this knows that Alvin Bragg and the Democratic and the leftists are, are, are lawless. They, they don't believe in fair justice, equal uh, treatment under the law. They don't believe in that. And, and so you can't have partnership with them. And then if you go down to verse 17, Paul talks about God's instruction that you gotta come out from among them and separate. That's what God instructed. And that's where I think we actually are, Tucker, is these guys are so far removed from the truth, so far removed from any of the values that made this country great, we can't really have partnership with them and And my mindset went to secession, that we have to separate. We have to come out from among them. They're so unrighteous, they're so unclean that you know, finding common ground is is impossible with people who think men can become women, who who told us, "Hey, look, we just want two men to be able to get married and And there's no slippery slope. And that was a lie. And we've seen the slippery slope. Now now it's drag queens reading books to kids. Now it's taking kids to drag queen shows. Now it's uh, uh, mutilating kids and, and infecting them with gender dysphoria and using it as an excuse to cut off their breast or cut off their penis. You can't have peace. You can't have partnership with these people. There are so many lies stacked on top of lies from the whole Black Lives Matter, George Floyd deal, and oh, the police are just out indiscriminately killing black men and it's so dangerous because of the police. That's all a lie and everybody knows it. Tell me where he's wrong. Are we at a point where the two
0: sides will never reconcile? There'll never be a common ground anymore where we can meet in the middle and be uh, one society? Or are we at a point where uh, we're going to be two separate and divided people. Well, we have a need for different governments? You know?
1: I believe the latter is true because you know what? Succession and, well, maybe we need to, you know, divide this country. That was mumbled maybe two years ago, maybe even before that. That was just something that said, this isn't working. It's going to have to change. But we, we muddled it and around and talked amongst ourselves. And then... Uh, who Was it uh, that said the national divorce? That was, was Marjorie it, uh, Taylor. Was it Marjorie Taylor Greene? Yeah, Marjorie yeah. Taylor Greene said when she said that, she was the first one instead of you know thinking it quietly, she thanked it out loud, and everyone said, Whoa, yeah, well,
0: well that's what I'm, I've been thinking. Let's think about that for a second. How, how could that work in our
1: society? Would well, we? That's the problem, it was not the problem, but it look, every state. Is riddled with blue and red. Right. Now, uh, actually, throughout the the heartland of America, there's more red in these states than there are blue. But blue have, uh, they have geographical strongholds in the major cities which give them districting clout. uh, And that's like like
0: New York and Chicago and Los Angeles, the big cities.
1: Yeah. You got all that going on. But at some point in time, you know, it's going to be like the Old West where you're going to have to pack up your wagons, you know, hitch up the horses, and you're going to have to go to the 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 conservative prom- promised land or the liberal promised land, and that's that. And then we have to have a division in the government, militarily, uh, financially, wow. you know, you think about all of that, and then... You know, the things that are fundamental to us, you know, our basics, education, I don't know how you can uh, do it, but religion.
0: I but mean, it, it, on the surface, you say, yeah, we're going to be divided. And what you're saying is true. But how do you divide our military? How do you divide our country? You know, I mean, do you think every conservative who lives in New York City is going to want to leave, even though it's a, a liberal uh, cesspool right now? And I say liberal cesspool. Let me tell you why I say that. Uh, I was listening to, uh, was it Marjorie Taylor Greene, who said she can't go back there. She was there for the uh, the trial, and she was heckled, and uh, they had to give her a police escort just to walk on the sidewalk in New York because there were radicals who were in her face, literally. But um, she 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 said the smell from marijuana use in New York, it smells like a dead skunk. And I thought to myself, that's an, that's an experience I never had in New York City. I worked in New York City, and it was a, a wonderful, exciting, vibrant city at the time. It was the late 70s, and uh, it was uh, excitement around every corner, sometimes excitement you didn't want. But it was interesting to, to work in New York City. I get the impression it's a different city right now. Uh, for her to say, oh, I don't want to go back there, I, I, the smell, the, the place is a mess, And I thought, well, you know, but there are some people who work in New York who are conservatives, albeit a small minority of people, who still love the city. They love being in the city. They put the other stuff aside.
1: They love what it was and what it stood for. And they're holding on to that dream. But at some point in time, it's like having a car going off. I got this car when I got out of college. It was the first car I ever bought. Yeah. You know, the wife and I, when we were just kid dating, well, you know, the Bob Seger song. Yeah. Uh, But either way, that car is special to me. Yeah, but Mr. Knight, the frame's rotted. Yeah. You (laughs) know, what are you going to do? The engine needs to be replaced. You know, and you know see those little bumps in the paint job? Yes. Well, if you reach down under behind, feel all that stuff flaking away. Mm-hmm. You know, you're one bump away from your whole fender just dropping to the ground in a Ooh. bunch of rusted flakes. Body rot, you huh? Know? Yeah, so that's what we have in New York. You know, you're living on the memory, but it's got to be scrapped. You know, this wow. is almost like the old, uh, uh, what was it, Kirk Douglas that did it, uh, where he played Snake, Escape from New York. They, they It was so bad during... I, I forget who was mayor at the time, Koch or something. Yeah, and they took New York and they turned it into a prison, a big, uh, a big prison. Built yeah. a wall, and then ironically, the presidential plane had a problem. It crashed in the pod, the the escape pod that the president was in, landed in the the penal colony, New York, where they just said, well, you know, seal off that city, let them live by their own rules, their own law. It was a jungle.
0: Yeah, well, it was a great movie. I don't. I I remember it. That's what we got. I think uh, was it. Uh, uh, who was it? Uh, Jeff Bridges or somebody or somebody. There was another version of it, uh, Escape from New York. Um, but you you know you wonder, is is a, a split even possible in this country? Literally, I mean, could you divide this country in a fair way, an equitable way? that wouldn't cause a war. I mean we I live for example in Pennsylvania, you do too. And right now it is a it is a leftist bastion. It's it's a left it's got a uh, a democratic governor and I think that the legislature is democrat now. I mean it, it's yeah. it's just a democrat stronghold right now. So if someone says that Pennsylvania is going to be part of the blue country and if you want to be free, being conservative, you're going to have to move. I don't know if I could do it.
1: I don't know well, where. Well, I... those are decisions you're going to have to be that you'll have to make. It is interesting to look at the map of Pennsylvania, where with with all the red and the just little, sp- sparsely yeah. spaced out patches of blue, and you're going, how can it be what it is? But it is, and it is in a lot of major states that. We're, it's a Democrat state now well they say because it's, they knew how to realign redistrict in they and, say it's
0: Alabama between Philadelphia and Pittsburgh yeah that's what they say that's what they, but, they, they make fun of it because it is like you said it's red in the center of the state and you know maybe with the exception of Harrisburg but I mean
1: for the sake of the of that line in Pennsylvania you know these are salt of the earth people from east to west, the salt-of-the-earth people. But we do have some major players. I mean, when the the steel belt went down and uh, Pittsburgh reinvented itself and became a corporate financial center in downtown Pittsburgh. Beautiful city, beautiful skyline, three rivers, uh, the whole nine yards, it reinvented itself. But then again, too, that invited in, you know, And they were Democrat there before, but, you know, they were old Democrat, old line Democrats. So it's new line ones that have changed everything. Now you're saying, I don't know how we would do it. Yeah. Well, how we would do it is it's going to happen at some point in time. It's going to come to, as the old saying goes, fisticuffs. And we're just going to sit there and split and this is going— because You're never, never going to please gonna be...
0: everybody. You know, let's say hypothetically we agree, okay, we're going a split states. There'll be red states and blue states. You know there are going to be people on the on the left who are going to say, wait a second, you can't have uh, Missouri because we want St. Louis. Or you can't have Oklahoma. I mean, then you're never going to please everybody. How do you divide a country?
3: You,
0: you know, they're gonna, like I said, there are going to be people who are living in the red states who are, who are uh, leftist. It's- who are who, who are not going to want to move, and they're going to want their state to go blue. I mean, it is going to be a mess.
1: And- well, with, I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to preface it and say, I'm not saying to do this or anything. Neither like am I. That. Okay, but well, it's going to take a catalyst. Somebody somewhere is going to flip the trigger. How that trigger is flipped, what is that 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 trigger? I don't know. It's going to be it, like Fort
0: Sumter in the Civil War. It's what?
1: going It's going to be the flashpoint to where we become internally at war. And then what's going to happen is people are going to hitch up their wagons, and they're going to go, Texas, that's a stronghold. Right. That's a big red stronghold. We're going to Texas. You're not going to have a choice because— you know, you want to sit there on your farm that you,
0: but then, your family passed down. Then there's forget the other about thing. It. But then there's the other thing. Money. Money. Something as simple as money. Say you're worth half a million dollars in, in your assets and cash. Are you going to be able to take that cash and make it either red cash or blue cash? Do you know what I'm saying? Will it translate to the divided country? Will you maintain your wealth? If you live in a blue state and you want to go, go to a red state, uh, you have
1: to sell your property, right? You have to sell your property. You'd, you'd be selling it cheap and, yeah. uh, you know, your deeds. You know, you don't really own property. I hate to tell people this, but when they go and they buy they buy 100 acres, you really don't own it, at least not forever. It doesn't go on in perpetuity like you really think it does, but that's a whole different debate and a whole different uh, discussion. Whatever you think you have can be taken. You know, rich people always sit there for times like these. They, they collect things that have value, you know, because, yeah, you got your stocks, your bonds, your money. Why do you think uh, all the suicides happened after the, you know, during the Depression? Because all their money was tied up in the banks, and then it, they, they, were, they were, became broke, penniless. And they, they, they didn't know how to survive. In you know, you the talk real about,
0: world. You talk about property, Bill. Uh, in, in Pennsylvania, uh, up until the mid-'70s, when you bought a, a piece of land, you owned that land and everything below it. I mean, you owned— Mineral rights. Property, mineral rights. Someone along, came along in Pennsylvania and said, you know, uh, there are a lot of coal companies out in western Pennsylvania. They're drilling through all this and that. And it, it, you know, every time they go into somebody's property, they have to uh, negotiate— why don't we just uh, sell the, the homeowner up there on the surface just the surface property and everything below his property uh, is, is not theirs? So, I mean, for example, if you dig a hole in your backyard, technically, technically, uh, the dirt in that hole isn't yours.
1: Yeah, well, and there's a new thing out there, and I and, and forgive me if I'm getting it wrong, but it is it's called virtual real estate, own mm-hmm. virtual real estate. And now, what I'm gathering is, you know, somebody has a property. You're going to sell your house. And somebody comes in, and they film the house inside. And they fly a drone over it, and they, they film that. All right? And then now that's a video. And, and people can see online your home. Well, somebody somewhere along the line came along and said, wait a minute. Well, that's, um, that's virtual real estate, virtual rights. And so they went in, and you could start snapping up virtual rights to – I could snap up the virtual rights to your house. So if you took pictures of my house, the image of my house is your property? If you took pictures of it, I'd sit there and say, I want my cut. I own the virtual rights.
0: Well, I'm not surprised that's out there because everything is out there. For example, friends, whoever would have thought 25 years ago that uh, you could go online – And do a search for a property and see the pictures of that property from multiple angles at the snap of a finger. You're saying, what are you talking about? Uh, Google sent out cars with cameras on them uh, for for years, taking pictures of every street they could take a picture of. And uh, what is it called? Google, uh, there's a name for it. Google Earth. Google Earth. And you can see any house anywhere. I mean, if you, you put in an address into Google, you can see my house. You can see Bill's house. You can see anybody's house, any your house, wherever you are. It's there if it's in the United States because Google has taken pictures of it from multiple languages. It's a car, literally, that has a camera, and they don't stop and take the picture. It just cruises along, and the camera is so high speed It takes multiple images all the way along the ride, so you never saw probably this car come through your neighborhood, because it literally probably drove down the street at the normal rate of speed, and uh, before you knew it, it was gone, and Mm -hmm. you you wondered why it had that little gumball on top of the roof. That was the camera, and that was taking. And they still
1: are doing it. They they go back and they redo those photos. I know all the time. (laughs) That's
0: exactly right. It's there. Uh, and it's everybody's property everywhere. It's it's amazing. Uh, talk about an invasion of privacy when you think about it. If mm-hmm. you want to live somewhere and you want to live quietly, and by the way, I would imagine they can tell you who lives at that property
1: right now too. I would you imagine you can find out everything. You can find out if you own it, you rent it. You can find out what it's sold for, what it's worth. Uh, you can get every little detail on that property. You should be able to. Uh, the most recent records that that are out there it's tied into it
0: think yeah. about think about how much privacy we have voluntarily given away uh, in the past well we
1: didn't even voluntarily give that away they took it
0: well that's that's a very good, that's a very good point uh we have the but we had these little gadgets i point to my smartwatch my sm- smartwatch is uh, nothing more than a computer on my wrist and it has a tracking device i'm sure in it so they can probably mm. tell wherever i am uh, just with this little device, and you know this watch eavesdrops on your conversations. It oh, it's listens. Happened
1: when we've had conversations before it goes off.
0: It does. It, it, it's listening all the time and you're saying, well, why are you paranoid about that? Well, you have to have an element of trust because you have to trust that it's not leaving any it's not going any, any further than your wrist. but in reality, it can go to any server, anywhere on the planet you're saying well, why would anybody monitor your wrist your conversation because because they can because you they know? can there are things called supercomputers out there at uh, computer at server farms and they are gathering information all the time why do you think the Chinese sent the balloon over uh, the United States? It was a nice little balloon it was like it looked like something from a state fair that somebody had had, had released or had slipped out of their hand. And we looked up at that little balloon. And we thought, what, what could that be doing? And now we find out that that balloon was gathering information on every single one of it, uh, the military ins- installations in the United States. It crossed them all, folks, just about, the major ones anyway. It started in Montana. I had a whole list, and I, I'm sure I could find it again if I had to, but it would take the rest of the show just to read the list of what it flew over. And people say, well, it just idly drifted by. Nah, it didn't idly drift by. It was was maneuverable. It did figure eights over certain air bases, military air bases that had our intercontinental ballistic missiles. How's that? And by the Mm -hmm. way, they could read, apparently, I read this yesterday, they could read with their uh, devices the electronic signals that we are constantly sending from... These military bases, there are private codes that we use. Certain frequencies. You'd know more about frequencies than I would, Bill. You're you're much more of the radio engineer. But there are certain frequencies that we run our missiles on, and apparently these Chinese balloon, this Chinese balloon, locked into it. So when when Biden says, "Oh, it was nothing. Don't worry about it. We we it didn't gather anything." it gathered
1: more than you can imagine it was sending it back to china in real time it's amazing what they can they can pick up up there and think about it when they fly over um, and and look you don't know what they're looking at they the our own government could spy on your house let's say that they decided we're going to pick up the arms you know we're going right. to go we're going to confiscate guns now you know if they flew something over that had infrared and, and beyond infrared. Sure. And could look down through your house. They could see exactly what you got, where you got, and when you got it. We, we know Google's gone by with cameras. Right. And filmed everything. So we could fly our own little balloon over. Maybe in the in the wee hours of the night, you're sound asleep. Right. And uh, all of a sudden, flying way up high above is something that's looking at your house. And it's got all the geo coordinates, And now they know what you've got. Hey, I think I told you this story.
0: One night, this is uh, about a year ago, uh, in my house, in my property, my wife uh, looked out the back window.
1: Well, I had the drone at the window. There was a
0: drone flying around my house. It wasn't flying specifically around my house. It was in the neighborhood. And this is like 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning. What, the, what in the name of heavens was a drone doing flying around in the backyard? People say, how how sophisticated are these things that they have up there in space. I was told the, the intelligence agencies have got satellites that can see a stamp on an envelope from out of space. Forget looking at a house. You know, we see when they blow up a house, you know, we'll see uh, drone footage of the, the house being blown up in combat. You know, boom, we took out that guy. But they have satellites that are in orbit that can focus in on your property on, they can tell you what book you're reading.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say that that goes back even to the 60s where you could be sitting in the backyard and, uh, you know, you, you had your favorite lawn chair and you got your feet propped up, you're getting a little sun, you're reading a book or reading the paper. They could look right down and see the headlines and read the exact text you're reading. Some people think, well, I'll go out and do that on a cloudy day. They can look through the clouds.
0: They can look through the clouds. You know, you were talking about uh, seeing what you have in your house. They can be out in the backyard, and they can look right through your walls and see where people are. And, that, and that's just the technology they admit to. They can see your heat signature in your house. If you had a hostage in your house, they can tell where you are.
1: And now a word from Mr. Conspiracy. Uh, You know, let's, let's, you know, there, there was talk about, there's something, there's something metal in the, in the VAX for COVID-19. Yeah. Well, let's forget about that. Let's say you got the flu shot, you know, we've been getting flu shots forever. Uh, How do you know that they didn't put little microscopic probes in vaccinations that you've gotten or some of the medicines you've gotten? For years, and these little probes get inside, and they get together, and they hook up, and they go, and they complete a circuit, to where they become kind of a uh, a biochemistry device. that can sit there and monitor everything that you do, think, or whatever, and send it back to something. There was a movie out years ago. It was called, mm-hmm. I think it was called Fantastic Voyage. Oh yeah, where they injected, were they, yeah, where they, they shrunk shrink, everything down, they
0: shrink everything down, and then they inject it into the bloodstream of somebody, and the voyage was in the in the circulatory system of a person, yeah, and and, and, so, and that was fiction, and it was interesting, and everyone everyone laughed, but I mean, technically, they've gotten to a point. It's called nano nano uh, technology, where they yeah. literally can make these building, they little machines essentially, that that are, you can't even see with the naked eye, and they can inject them into your system. They, they are working on nanotechnology, folks, where if you have uh, a cancer, let's say, and it's inoperable, the, they're saying that with this technology, they can program it so it attacks the tumor and destroys it internally, which is mind-boggling. But they're saying that they're not too far away from doing this. And, well, and that would be there. and that would be the good thing, by the way. That would be that would be a wonderful technology to be able to say, well, Mr. So and so, you have inoperable uh uh cancer, but we have a, a nanobot that we can inject into you that will uh, go right to that site and it will remove it from your whatever wherever it's located and you'll be fine in a day or two. Mm-hmm. Because not only will it remove it but it'll seal it all up and and you'll be just fine. It's it'll You know,
1: Carnegie Mellon worked on that. Back in uh, if you're a science fiction person or a Star Trekie you might remember yeah. that they I think the Enterprise and the, the Voyager they the, they had these gel packs that were you know memory packs and they were living cells. You know and that's what they talked about. They were real live living cells and they they could run the ship and was very, you know, important to it. They actually have worked on that technology where you live at Carnegie Mellon, and they perfected that from what I understand years ago. So then you fast well, forward and go, well, you know, do we have a cure for cancer? We probably do. You know, and then some people say we do. I had a talk with somebody there. They well, go, I, I certainly believe they do, but there are certain forms that they just can't treat. And I'm going, I'm thinking, no, they can treat it, but there's more money in selling you the uh, snake oil to uh, right. make you think right that you're getting treatment than to give well, you the real cure. Well, you know, cure.
0: to take what I was just telling you about being able to remove a, a tumor or stuff, that would be that would be a wonderful technology. But let's mm-hmm. say, let's reverse it and say we developed that technology with those nanobots and, and they decide, you know, people shouldn't live past 75. 75, it's It's too expensive for everybody. We start paying all these bills, these expensive geriatrics, these uh, senior citizens. Uh, It's time for them to shuffle off their mortal coil and uh, go on to the great beyond. So look at, inject them with some nanobots, and then we'll turn them off at 75. We'll
1: hit a switch, and they'll be gone. Well, on that note, let's just sit there and say they've already done this, and they're experimenting now. We see every day somebody just died for no reason at a young age. Oh, They they just wouldn't got a checkup. They were out, you know, working out. They came in and said, Woo, I'm feeling good. Oh, sure. And that's it. They're done. And we don't know what happened to them. Well, maybe they got injected with those and they're going, Okay, subject one, two, three, four, five, Z. Let's see if. Yep, they're flat and you They're know, dead. It's
0: working. People may say, well, look at all the people who got the vac- vaccines. All those millions of people who got vaccinated. If if what you're saying is true, they'd all be dying. I I, I would think, that, and I'm this is the writer in me coming up, because you know I like to write stories and mm. screenplays and things like that. I, I would say, no, I, I would have made it a lottery kind of system, a, a lottery system we don't know about. There would have been batches that had the... Uh, this ability that you were talking about, uh, and then there would be some batches that were just normal vaccines. Okay, so you never really know who got what where. That's how they would work it. So you not everybody would die because that would be too obvious. But let's say they wanted to, in the first batch they wanted to cull from the herd uh, so many thousand. Right. Well. We'll put that many uh, vials of vaccine uh, into the system somewhere. We'll disperse it randomly. We'll get rid of them. And maybe that's what's happened. They didn't They didn't give it to everybody,
1: but somebody got it somewhere. So they kept it random. Take that thought and say, okay, you know, we can randomly turn people off. You know, at some point in time, uh, the political people that be go, okay, we're exempt from all of this, but not the public. We don't like what you're saying, Mr. Putin. We're going to war. There are no real bombs anymore. There are no real guns anymore. There's no real anything except for computers that do war games, simulated attacks. And they go, okay, we just took out 700 people in St. Louis. And like your lottery system, you know, they're in a zip code. You pull up that zip code, and those people are notified they... Are to report to a termination station, or we just put in their social and we turn them off. <laughs> the war would go on forever.
0: <laughs> oh my! Have fun writing that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not going to sit down and type that one out. No, that's that's too depressing. <laughs> but but I have to tell you something. Uh, there are, and if you're not aware of this, uh, you should do some checking on the internet. There are FEMA camps that have been built in our country. You may have seen pictures of them. Big empty FEMA camps and they call it they their excuses they were made to put people after a disaster, but they look more mm-hmm. like a prison than like a camp. If you were if you were taking people to a camp and treating them and, and it was a voluntary type thing, would you need fencing all around it? They have fences. They also have, and I've seen this myself, they have stacks upon stacks of uh, plastic caskets. And body might, bags. And, no, not bags. Not bags. These are, a, okay. these are plastic caskets. They had body bags, too, I'm sure, you know, to take the bodies and bring them back to work. But these caskets themselves are biodegradable, I would imagine, and they're caskets, and uh, they're sitting in stacks in open-air yards. And you got to wonder, what the heck do they have that for? Why do they have that? So, I mean, there's a lot of things that we aren't privy to, folks. I mean, mm-hmm. whoever th- would have thought that a president of the United States who, in our history, when they when they end their, their office, they're, they're treated with reverence and respect, Whoever would have thought that we would have seen one attacked viciously by the opposition and and brought to court and uh, put into the, the situation that, that Trump has been put into. And by the way, when they put him in that situation, all of his supporters feel it. And they know it, mm-hmm. too. They know it. If you, well,
1: Yeah, it's an attack on him, but it's really an attack on us. And back to the original point, are we at a point to where we are going to Uh, We can't get along. We have to have a divorce. Um, Yeah, we are. We are on the verge of something very nasty, very evil. Mm. There's still war lingering out there, too. The threat of war. Cash
0: Patel was on Steve Bannon's war room. And he had some thoughts on what's going on. Listen.
4: Give me your assessment of brag and, and what this fiasco is. And then President Trump, I thought yesterday was like a Viking, right? People said, oh, he looked, you know, he, he gave him the bad face, as he should, Cash Patel. It's great to be with you. And look, I'm glad Donald Trump is capitalizing on the thing that strikes at the heart of Americans, and that is a two-tier system of justice. I'm sorry that Donald Trump has to be the figure to go through this, but he's the only one that can lead us through it and defeat it. We saw it in Russiagate. We saw it in Ukraine. Impeachment 1, impeachment 2. We saw it on January 6th. We're seeing it in the classified documents case, and now we're seeing it at the state court level in New York City, the capital of the world. And the only way to educate the world on this is to have a warrior like Donald Trump lead the charge on a two-tier system of justice. And that's what Alvin Bragg has corruptly put front and center for all to see. Because this indictment, Steve, you can have all the legal beagles you want to talk on it, but here's a novel concept. I don't want this case to end tomorrow. I don't want it to end next week. I want Donald Trump and company to bleed Alvin Bragg dry over the next two years of discovery so we can educate the American public on the fraud and corruption that is the New York State judicial system and the DOJ and FBI that help fund this prosecution. I want every member of Congress, like I called on last night, where are the subpoenas? Alvin Bragg has already said he used federal funds to investigate and prosecute Donald Trump in a state court. Why hasn't the Judiciary Committee and Oversight Committees issued subpoena after subpoenas? Do they forget what the January 6th committee did to us? There is a two-tier system of justice, not just in the executive and judicial branches, but in the legislative branches, and I'm calling on Congress to act and put the documents out the receipts. As Steve Bannon always says, so the American people can read them. It is not a right-wing conspiracy. The two-tier system of justice is here, and we have to destroy it.
0: Okay, and he's not the only guy talking like this. uh Ari Fleischer was on TV yesterday. Ari Fleischer is more of a moderate
5: and... uh And he had something interesting to say, too. You know, one of the raps against Donald Trump is that he violates the norms. And as a result, the Democrats had no choice. Prosecutors had no choice. But, Sean, what's happened to Donald Trump is actually the real violation of the norms. He was impeached the first time by a process that did not even go through the Judiciary Committee. They wrecked the Bipartisan Intelligence Committee at the hands of Adam Schiff to get Donald Trump. The second time they tried to impeach him, knowing it would not succeed, they didn't even go through that process put it right on the floor and shoved it down everybody's throats. And now you have a prosecutor, an overwhelmingly, lopsidedly, ideologically Democrat, 85 to 15 Democrat to Republican Manhattan going after Donald Trump. Here's what I hope happens next, Sean. I earnestly hope that conservative prosecutors in rural areas of America indict Bill Clinton, indict Hillary Clinton, indict Hunter Biden. Their only way to stop this and return to the norms is for one side to realize if they go too far, the other will match them. And that is not the way we settle our disputes in America. They should be settled at the ballot box, not through the courts. But Republicans cannot unilaterally disarm. You can't let them try to interfere in the 2024 election by doing to Donald Trump what they're doing. And I say that as somebody who will criticize Donald Trump when he goes too far, that Democrats are violating the norms and they're especially doing it through this case, this weak case in Manhattan. You hear what he said? Republicans cannot unilaterally
0: disarm. One side can't say, "Okay, I'm putting my guns down. You know, it has to be both sides. So if if one side is attacking you, you've got to
1: attack back. Whether you yeah, like it or not, defend yourself. Yeah, otherwise, you're done. And for uh, the most part, we are because I worry that okay, let's say we get through this trial, Trump gets in, and then, you know, up for the next four years, he puts everything back together. Yeah. Democrats didn't go away. No, they- So they'll return and undo it again.
0: No this this is, this is crazy this is crazy times right now. You know we've had other crazy times in our country. We've had other crazy times. I mean, you when know, we talk about New York, New York has always been uh, out there. I mean, they had the, uh, the draft riots in the Civil War in New York City. You know this is we have victories in Gettysburg and, and Vicksburg and, and all of a sudden they're rioting up and they don't want to send any more soldiers to, uh, to fight the war. So New York has always been kind of an outlier, but we're in probably unique times in that I don't know whether we could ever get back to being a united country. We got back to being a united country after the Civil War, and we were really unified during World Wars, like World War One and World War Two. But um, at this point in our society, I don't know whether we have that capability because, you know, we have other ingredients in the pot. We have social media that they didn't have back in those days. Uh, they, they, the social media has changed the game plan. They can stir the pot when it doesn't need to be stirred. Uh, it can it, misinformation get it out there in social media. You can lie to the people constantly. The barrage mm-hmm. in information. It's amazing. I just looked at the clock on the wall. We're getting close to the end. It's a piece of audio i got to play. This is interesting. Louisiana right. State University, uh, they won the women's basketball NCAA championship uh, against the University of Iowa Hawkeyes, uh, 102 to 85. And traditionally, the national champions are invited to visit the White House. Uh, exactly. So, so Jill Biden uh, got out there and made a statement. Listen to what she said.
2: Took both teams, so I know we'll have the champions come to um, to the White House. We always do, so you know we'll have LSU come. But you know what? I'm going to tell Joe I think Iowa should come too because they played such a good game. So right, so winners and losers—that's sportsmanship. That's good sportsmanship.
0: Okay, so uh, what was the response from the Louisiana State University women's basketball team? Stuff your visit to the White House. We're not coming.
1: We're yeah, not going to come. You know what? Uh, they, they have every right to, to say that. They earned it. I lived in Louisiana. I know all about LSU. And I've lived in Iowa. And I know all about Iowa. And they're both competitive forces. And to take something that they worked and fought so hard for and just go and throw it out the window, Jill... Well, is stupid. Well, let's think about it this
0: way. I mean, you win the Super Bowl, right? Do you do you invite the losers to participate in the uh, in the victory afterwards? Do you, you win the the Stanley Cup? Do they have two cups? Do they hand one to the winner and one to the the second place team? No, they have one championship. But what Jill Biden does, because Jill Biden is uh, a loosey goosey liberal, is that she wants to. Make everybody feel good. Give everybody a trophy. Oh, it's okay, Junior. You lost. You you struck out three times, and you were only at bat three times. That's okay. We're still going to give you a, a cup because you know you should get an award just for being here. And that's why our society's so messed up because there are people you out know. there who believe that they believe. Okay, I should get a trophy too, shouldn't I? My, you know, my my grandson. God bless him. You know, he he never has believed that, and he's my grandson is eighteen. And he's a terrific athlete, but he's always believed in: you know, if you're the winner, you're the winner, and if you're not,
1: you shouldn't get a trophy. Even as a even as a little kid, he... hey, you know what? Let, you know what? Let's but let's take that philosophy, yeah, and let's elevate it to our military. Oh, God! And I think in some ways it has is it's happened to uh, some of our uh, our. You're damn right, it yeah. has. You know, if we got something that's superior, oh, uh, you know, that's not fair that we have superior weaponry. Let's give them the uh, same. Oh, advantage. Gosh, that's that's right, a. But I'll, I'll a, get some money for this. I should be paid for that. That's my- a
0: topic for another store, another program, because uh, we could spend a whole hour talking about that kind of thing. I think today will be another interesting day. I I think there's something always happening in the background right now that yeah. uh, they don't talk about, uh, and I think that, uh, for example, we could see subpoenas today coming down from. Um, from the congress to uh, alvin bragg's office we could see the durham report have a great day and uh, say a prayer for our country and uh, say a prayer for president trump because this has got to be difficult no matter how strong you are this has got to be a painful time for him and uh, let him know that you're, you're on his side maybe send him a text message or something like that or maybe a donation you may say why does trump need a donation yeah, if anything, it's it's a sign from us that we're with them, uh, and uh, we'll do this again tomorrow. We'll try it. We'll we'll have more stuff to talk about. Believe me, every day we say, "Oh, I wonder what we're going to talk about tomorrow," and it never fails. We've always got something to talk about. Oh, by the way, we should point out you can reach us at 833-538-7868. 833-538-7868.
1: Yeah, and there's mail at it's dot com, mail at crnamerica.com. dot com. Either way. Choose whichever is easy for you. And I think. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. I
0: think Joe should sing us out. What do you think?
1: Oh, let's go for it.
0: Go, Joe! The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. Seems like a lot to us too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about It's Another Day.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?